be honest. You saw that Guardians lineup on Thursday afternoon. You thought, hangover lineup, except there hasn't been a whole lot of partying this year. Heck, some of the guys in the lineup probably are barely old enough to even party. And instead, the Guardians turned that into their best offensive output all year, which really says none of us know baseball as much as we think we do sometimes. You are Locked On Guardians, your daily podcast on the Cleveland Guardians, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Hello, everyone, and welcome to the show. I am Jeff Ellis. He of the shaky internet right now. Over there is Justin Lada. He of the sometimes shaky internet. We'll see how this goes. Uh, right now, you know, our internets are combined about as effective as this Cleveland lineup was in most of this Toronto series. Uh, today was a weird game. If you watch my now, I just want to point out uh, my two favorite facts were the fact that they had as many hits as walks, which never happens. And that's kind of I know the walks didn't necessarily help them win, but that's been my big complaint all year is they don't walk enough. And then five hits, four of them for extra bases. Like, what is this team? Uh, <laughs> weird day all around, but they won. And that's really all that matters in the end. Uh, split the series of Toronto, which I think if I was a Blue Jays fan, I'd be pissed about. Uh, I would look at this as this is a team that more sold than gained at the deadline. We are trying to compete for a wild card. You have to beat these teams. Like I say, when you face the White Sox, the Royals, the Tigers, you have to beat those teams. Toronto had to beat Cleveland and instead they made uh, it look like this was the old days when we had, you know, Kluber and Carrasco and Clevenger all at peak, just coming right at him. Yeah. I mean, to be fair, those rookie pitchers this week, even, even Allen, who, like I said, Ben was the other day, Ben, but didn't break. They were good. They went out and did, did good stuff this entire series. And that's, like I said, that's a good lineup and they, they struggled for the better part of the week offensively. So give those guys credit, but Boy, that was just a, a very, very odd game. I mean, seeing that lineup in general just was kind of mind-blowing. And um, we're going to talk about the lineup from last year to this year because I want Jeff to t- I want to I want Jeff to guess who was in last year's lineup at this time versus this year because the lineup today I just was kind of was kind of mind-blowing just considering how far how different things look a year later. Um, but. This was just a weird game in general with, like you said, the walks, the, the lineup, the way it looked, and actually having extra bases for a change. And and Noah Syndergaard, too. This, so Noah Syndergaard, this is a was one of the most bizarre lines I've ever I've ever looked at on, on Savant, I think. He got one called strike on his four-seam fastball today. One called strike. So I think uh, Jeff has gone frozen on us again. Uh, he had 12 foul balls off the fastball and seven balls were hit in play. He had seven swings and misses on the fastball. Not often do you see a guy uh, get one one called strike on a pitch, but but miss seven bats. So essentially every time he threw the threw his fastball in the strike zone, um, they swung at a lot. It was 90, 96% zone swing percentage. Hi, Jeff. Welcome back. Um, they fouled it off 12 see times. If I can but stay. It, yeah, we'll see. So Cindercard had 12 foul balls on his on his fastball and seven put in play. Somehow still missed seven times. Hitter swung and missed seven times. And he topped that at 93, which is down a mile and a half from where he's been this year. 
So somehow throwing less hard, guys putting it in play, he still missed bats. And that was the most um, swings and misses against his fastball he's had since August of 2019 when he had seven whiffs against the Rockies when he was throwing 95 to 98. That is weird. And then, what, he had a bunch of uh, called strikes on the uh, slide. He had 13 combined called strikes in his slide and his curveball, but they only swung and missed at those two times. Like, what What a backwards line that is. A guy, is th- he ends up throwing his secondaries for strikes, but they don't miss any bats. Doesn't throw his fastball for a ton of strikes, but he, well, I guess he threw it for quite a bit of strikes. They just fouled it off and put it in play, but didn't get any called. Missed a lot of bats, even though he's not throwing as hard. Like, it's almost like, I don't know, he pitched backwards, it seems like. You know, it was, like I said, it was a weird day. I, I thought, hey, that's two out of three starts I'll take from him. Uh, I was joking with you before we got on air that the the Savali treatment is what he needs. And it's what Bieber needed, honestly. It's this whole, like, hey, two times through the order and you're done. I think Savali right, only had one for a third time. Uh, and that was Savali, his last start was the only time they had him go more than that. Like they had him on such a high limit and that helped honestly raise his value because two times through the order, most pitchers, starting pitchers can excel. It's that third time that is a make or break to make you, you know, a one and a two instead of a three. Now, while Savali looked like a one and two doing that, most pitchers will. So, you know, I said that the the Thor trades allowed them to make that Savali trade. And I feel like we're seeing it again and they're having him pitch the same way. They tried to have him go through a third time though. And it came you know, wheels started to come off and then they took care of business. And I mean, Toronto with runners in scoring position, it was atrocious. All series, both teams, yeah. really. I mean, all series, they had chances against Logan Allen too, because it doesn't walks. They didn't really have any chances with Bybee and, and Williams because they didn't allow a lot of base runners. So that wasn't really a problem until late in the game, the relief relievers, which we're also going to talk about the bullpen today too, I should point out. But I mean, yeah, you'll take it two out of three from Syndergaard so far the way he's pitched got six, 17 outs today. That's not bad from a guy that, you know, a month ago, no one was sure what he could do. And it seemed like a guy who was just going to be kind of playing out the string here, which, you know, I feel like some guys are doing too. We also talk about <laughs> your favorite player. Cole Calhoun had the second hardest hit ball by a guardian today. He also he hit two balls today. One was 98. One was one one Now they are on the ground. So they're both outs, but, I don't, I don't think I realized that Cole Cal. I don't think I would have guessed Cole Calhoun still had eggs of velocity in the bat. He's got to get the ball in the air, but I know he hard. had an RBI, but like he got kind of lucky. It's an RBI ground out. Pitch. Yeah. It's like, he's still not good. And, you know, he had other opportunities goes over four. It's just, again, I I'm going to sit here. It's a waste of at bats. It's just, it's a waste of at-bats. I'd rather see any number of other people go. And I, yep, you know, I like, where were they quoting? He was like hitting 380 a day ago. Guess what? He's down to 222, small sample sizes. But yeah, I just, Cole Calhoun is going to be for everyone out there. If you're tired of me and Ahmed Rosario, uh, this is my new Ahmed. So they should show it doesn't matter where they're from, what they look like. It's just unproductive at-bats from guys who are not part of the future. I am against. 11 batted ball events, Jeff. 289 expected batting average, 526 expected slugging. He's the answer. That's all, that's all I'm saying. He's the answer. 372 yeah. X-Woba, 442 X-Woba on contact. I'm just saying. Cole I, Calhoun you know, is the answer we never knew we needed. 
but then uh the other thing was them talking about the greatness of what cole calhoun added and that was the point where it's like oh come on you, you can't talk like this is why it was a great addition and even though he hadn't played all year and this is what he brings i'm like he brings nothing he brings nothing that's just you know who did bring something up. though was was brian rocchio and, and jose tain those were yeah. some good swings by them for the five uh, hit yeah i mean it was it was both of them carrying the offense in yeah. this one and I probably overlooked this too. I was checking out some, you know, some batted ball data. Jose Tena actually, because I doubly had a left field over over what Neil Merrifield's head. He hit the ball the opposite way quite a bit in the minors. I kind of th- always thought he was more of a pull heavy hitter, which he he does pull the ball most of the time, and he pulls on the ground too much. But he did have a tendency in the minors to go the other way, and the swing um, by t- by well, first of all, the first double by Rocchio was. Hustle double. It was it was cut off in the gap, and he was out of the box and got a double because he ran hard. But the uh, the second double he had late in the game, I mean that swing was unbelievable. He went down and got that, and he had to kind of move his bat around a little bit to to find the barrel for that double down the right field line. Those were two impressive bats. I mean those were those were swings by rookies that you know didn't look like rookies in those situations. Those guys looked like they were both. Very locked in and comfortable. I, I was very stunned to see, it, especially from Jose Tena. Like Rokio, you know, we're hoping for more good things out of, obviously, but I really was not expecting that from Jose Tena. Been super impressed as to his two plate appearances in this one. And Brian Rokio looks like he's settling in, kind of. Yeah, I was trying to figure out what is a good comp on him. And I don't know if I really have one quite yet with him. Um, just because. You know what he does is is he's he's an old school player. It's like the comp on him is kind of like what I expected Lindor to be without the defense when he came up with his pro. I did not expect Francisco Lindor to ever get to thirty home runs. I'll just be honest about that. The oh, nobody did. did. Nobody. But did. you know, it's like you know, could I'm going to get myself in trouble with this? It's like could he be like Marcus Simeon esque? I know he also had a big home run year in there, two of them, but it's like Marcus Simeon for a lot of power in his career. I don't know about uh, that. He had a, I know he had two big years, but he's only had two years over 30, but it's like, I could see Rokio occasionally getting to 20, home runs. I, you know, with, with a whole mess of doubles, something in between gets on base, good contact. He's not necessarily a star ceiling, but like, I don't know. There, there's, there's a I'll lot of like in the overall. Sure profile it, it's hard it's an old school profile so that's why they love it to death right <laughs> it's it's not what we see as in baseball as nowadays. Just, as long as you don't hit the ball over the wall you got to keep it in the ballpark that's what they like is he is he Whit merrifield is that it is is the guy i'm looking for as a comp the guy who played on the other side of the diamond i hate Whit merrifield so that's you're just gonna enrage me more but i mean i think that might be the actually a pretty solid offensive comp if things break right we're gonna have Jeff play a game here after we come back. I'm I'm not even getting to that that game anymore. I'm not I'm not you said Whit Merrifield, that's the end of it for me. So we're gonna come back and we're gonna play a quick game. Today's episode is brought to you in part by Sleeper. Want the chance to win more money with less picks? Head to Sleeper where you can win up to 100 times your money on just two or more fantasy baseball picks. Sleepers now offering up to a hundred times payout for an up to eight pick contest. Choose as many as eight players you like, pick more or less on your favorite baseball stats, like home runs, strikeouts, hits, and more. Get your picks right. And you could win big. I think uh, Jose Ramirez is going to bang smash more on home runs. Think that 
Tanner Bybee's going to K a bunch of guys, smash more on strikeouts. Entries can be made 30 seconds or less. It's that easy. They also have safe and fast withdrawals. Use the promo code locked on. You'll get a $100 match on your first, up to $100 match on your first deposit. Terms and conditions apply. See Sleeper's terms of use for details. Currently operational in over 30 states. Check out Sleeper today. Guardians get to face Aaron Savali Friday. He'll face Savion Curry in Tampa Bay. You can check out all the action from the hometown broadcast on your Sirius XM app. Just search Guardians on the app. All right, Jeff. I We saw the lineup today, and I was kind of just, it, I don't know, it kind of knocked me off my feet for a second looking at this lineup because I'm like, this is a lineup that a team, I, this team surely did not envision running out on August 10th of this year after August 10th of last year. So in, in today's lineup, Jeff, tell me who played on August 10th in 2022 for the Guardians. Tell me who was in who was in the lineup today that was in the lineup last year. Did you know Whit Merrifield didn't debut till he's 27 years of age? Um, so Jose Ramirez. Go, go Guardians. Uh, go on up. No. <laughs> we got Jose Ramirez who uh, who played in this one. Okay. There's four. To- there's one, two, three. Uh, Oh, it's only three who played one. So it's not Calhoun. It's not. Uh, it's not first. It's not. You only got three bad, yeah. three guys in the lineup from last so year. Yeah, well, and Jose was DHing, so it's probably uh, Jimenez. You got nobody else on the infield uh, because you had two rookies, right? And Calhoun was the rest of your infield. The catcher is not the catcher they had a year ago. Uh, your outfield was what Quan sat today. I believe so straw and did Oscar play the other outfield today? I'm blanking. It was a Brennan. I can't remember. So whoever was the other outfielder, I'm blanking on who was in today's game. Let me it go was look. Brennan. Yeah. Brennan, Brennan was in left. Brennan so was in Bren- left. Girl. So it had to have been Brennan then. Right. Brennan was not in the lineup this on this day last year. He was oh, not so, up until September. So it was just straw was just Ramirez and Jimenez. Oh, okay. Or, that was it. Yeah. Guardians lineup last August 10th. Now, now, Stephen Kwan was still on the team, so he's, yeah. he just didn't play today. Um, lineup last October, last August 10th. By the way, the Guardians were six games above 500 at that point. For all the people who, and the Guardians are only three and a half out of the Central Division right now because the Tigers decided to take three or four from the Twins, or the Twins decided to lose three or four to the Tigers. I don't know how you want to I mean, here's that, the thing. But... <laughs> Whatever team from the Central makes it. Like a year ago, I was like telling people, like, don't count on Cleveland to get run over. Like, they got Bieber, they got McKenzie. This team is annoyingly built. They have a great bullpen. They're going to cause headaches, and they beat the Rays. Uh, this year, whoever makes it for the Central is just going to get run over. Like, this isn't like a year ago where you put that up. It's like, congratulations to the Minnesota Twins. You get to make the postseason and still not win a baseball game in the postseason for the umpteenth year since in a row. They haven't won a playoff game since, what, 2003? I believe so. Yeah, 20 years. Good job, Twins. Uh, so Stephen Kwan led off last year's game on August 10th. That, oh, that's the one point I want to make too. For everybody who still might be complaining about not not selling or selling at the deadline instead of adding, like, oh, there's only a few games out of it. Consider this time last year, the Guardians were above 500. They were at the trade deadline last year. They were still three games above 500. This team has barely flirted with 500 all year. They've been five. They've been 500 for like a day or two, and they go right back down after and, a day and or two. And the other one I'll see is when people talk about um, how this team. You know, they could be, you know, a year ago, they had that run to get hot. A year ago, they had Bieber and McKenzie. <laughs> they don't have Bieber and McKenzie right now. Well, a and, year ago, they had a better version of Quan. They had a better version of Rosario. They had a better version of Jimenez. That's a part of the problem. A so better version Quan, of Austin. Which we talked about yesterday, which was really yeah. annoying. Yeah. So Quan, Rosario, Ramirez was the lineup last year. Lone, two, three. 
Josh Naylor, who's currently on the injured list, was was clean up. Andre Smith at fifth. So long, Nolan Jones. He hit sixth. Uh, Oscar also played in that game. Will Benson, so long to him. He was the DH in that game. Austin Hedges was the catcher in that game. So the Guardians only have one, two, three, four, five guys. If you count, you know, Naylor being on the IL and Quan not playing today, um, that would that could have played in today's game from last year's lineup on August 10th. I mean, a year, a year ago, you got five guys still on this team that you're still playing from this lineup a year ago. I mean, Owen Miller played in that game You had hedges, Jones, Benson. It's just, it's mind boggling. I can't imagine that coming into this year. Like what if I, Jeff, what if I told you back in April coming into the season, Hey, in August, the guardians are going to have Cole Calhoun hitting cleanup one game. Ramon Laureano is going to hit fifth. And then Brian Rocchio and Jose Tena are going to hit one and nine in the lineup. Imagine, imagine last October after that run, barely almost knocking the Yankees out of, of the playoffs in the ALDS, that Jose Tena, Brian Rocchio would both be starting a game together, that the team would also be batting Cole Calhoun and Ramon Laureano four and five in their lineup in August. What what are you what are you what are you saying if that someone tells you after the, the Guardians got knocked out of the playoffs last year? that that's a potential lineup for them next August. I would have predicted right then that McKenzie and Bieber got hurt. I'll tell you that much. And then uh, with Loriano, I thought, oh, it's an interesting trade. I wonder what they gave up for him. With Calhoun in there, I'd be like, oh. Um, so <laughs> Josh Naylor had another catastrophic injury. Yeah, so I'd have expected. It, it's it's in similar to how it is now because I've always had my injury concerns with McKenzie. So I would have been like, okay, something must have happened there. Bieber, we have... You know, he never and never Noah Syndergaard started this game too, which which makes it even weirder. Yeah. So and you told me Noah Syndergaard was in there. I'm like, okay, well, I don't know what's happening there, but I would have <laughs> predicted those two injuries. And we were talking Cole Calhoun at first base. That means that in October that it's not Naylor. So then I would have been like, okay, so Naylor's hurt. Those other two missed lots of time. I, weirdly, I would have been able to predict it just because of the way this team is. I'd have been like, oh, Oscar Gonzalez, massive regression. Is that why we're starting Cole Calhoun in right field? Or you know, Will Brennan. Yeah. Yeah, but I would have thought that Calhoun was playing right field. I would have been like, okay, so Loriano is maybe in center. Maybe they, they, you know, Miles Straw had another bad year and they decided to move on. But yeah, I would not have thought Cole Calhoun at first base. So necessarily, but, but when you say Cole Calhoun is playing first base, then uh, yeah, it's, listen, it's a cluster. It's a mess. This team is, is a mess. And, and, and they won. <laughs> this was their, this was their best offensive output of the week against the Blue Jays. Like they still won this game, which is just, it's, it's further further mind-boggling you know and someone asked me today it's like I, I still think Tana's likely a utility guy Rokio you know I someone was so afraid that he you know he was gonna fall apart after those two bad throws but you know if anything he's just come back and hit better since and we'll we'll see you know Andres had a nice swing earlier he had the double Jose it's you know do we start talking about that he's struggling a bit here as well as the rest of this lineup you know Brendan and everyone else we are seeing Jose is missing I didn't think protection existed, but maybe it does. He, he seemed to be, you know, they intentionally walked him twice. So that, that stands out. But um, yeah, this is this Tampa series, man. I, I can, I just ask a personal favor that uh, they just cream Savali tomorrow. So we don't have to deal with the fallout because I don't want to deal with the fallout. So I'm just asking to whatever baseball gods there are personal favor. Obviously lead off Brian Rocchio and obviously play Jose Tana. That That's what you have to yeah. do to win to win games. Cole Calhoun's got to hit cleanup, which he probably will hit cleanup against Savali. Let's be honest. 
All right, we're going to talk about the bullpen, and Cal Quantrill made a rehab start the other night. We're going to talk about that, and we'll talk a little about the race series coming up. Guardians Rays, 7 o'clock Friday night in Tampa. You can catch that action. I'm sorry, it's 6.40, not 7 o'clock. It is 6.40. Make sure you search for the search Guardians on your XM app for that audio. Um, All right, bullpen. So, obviously, if you watch the game or you look at the box score, not a, not a great day for our guy, Daniel De Los Santos, who's had an up-and-down year. Uh, the numbers the overall... bullpen. Yeah, yeah, that's the thing. Like, everybody on this bullpen... I mean, Sam Hench's numbers look terrible because he was out early in the year and he hasn't as many outings, but he's also had yeah. a lot he's, of bad outings, too. Yes. I You know, again, listening to, to the radio as I was doing it, I agree with, with uh, Tom Hamilton. This was probably his best outing of the year. Yeah, by far it was. Every every but everybody in this bullpen this year has had a game almost once a week. That's part of the inconsistency here. The bullpen isn't as good as it was a year ago because whether it's De Los Santos or Sandlin or Morgan or Henches, Class A at times, um Stefan, you know, has had weeks where he has been completely lost. Everybody has had like a week or like a, a, a couple appearances here and there where they have just completely crapped the bed and they've taken turns doing it. It's not like it's the same guy each night. Like, like Dale Santos that I came in was, was not good. He could not throw a strike. And then when he did, it got hit. Uh, I will say the first ball he gave up was a little squib. So, you know, that, that snowball on him, but everybody has kind of taken their turn to, to have struggles for a, a week or a game or two in a row they never do it the same night. It's like you, the team, except for the Texas series where they all seem to have issues every night, they've run somebody out and it's like one guy is terrible. And the next three guys are great. Or the first three guys are great. And the last, the last guy is terrible. Who or whoever it is, the bullpen, I still think is going to be fine. Like there's, there's no guarantees. Like obviously they were good in the first half this year, right? They weren't, they haven't been good in the second half. There's no guarantees that any of these guys repeat the performance next year outside of no. Class A. They're still fourth in baseball in bullpen ERA. Yeah, what's, what's their out. second half ERA? What is their uh, second I'll, half ERA? I'll pull that up in a second. But, I mean, there's still the, – the interesting thing, though, with this bullpen is, is what they don't do is they don't miss bats, and that's – NEL doesn't either. They're currently 10th, 9th tied with the Padres from 9th worst with San Diego and Detroit for K-rate. Like, they – they just don't miss bats. And that's part of the issue. That's where they missed the 99 of old. Like, you know, he was someone who helped do that. Now it's. Yeah. Um, well, I mean, De Los Santos last year had was 83rd and the 83rd percentile in strikeout rate. He was 79th percentile in whiff rate. So he missed bats a year ago. Like he's not as good as he was a year ago, but I also would not move on from him. Like I know I saw someone on Twitter saying like a month ago, everyone would DFA Trevor Stefan. They were mad about Trevor Stefan saying like the contract they gave him. Those guys are still are so cheap in terms of the relief and, and what they're doing. And it's not going to be this bad again next year. The bullpen, they're I think, still we'll ninth and FIP, if you want to look at predictive stats. Like, you know, they're yeah. it's still, it's a top 10 bullpen. It just. So, every, every, I mean, and Stefan had to grind through 24 pitches to get out it to get two outs today. Not, not great, but he got through it and he had some tough battles that he won against, you know, Alejandro Kirk, who puts the ball in play a lot. And, can be hard to strike out at times. And he got maybe one, a little bit of a gift against George Springer, who also is hard to strike out at times. Uh, Even though it was a, it was a close call, but you know, 
bullpens are so volatile year to year. And again, these guys could all come back next year and be even worse. They could, but they could also come back and be better. And they're still, you know, De Los Santos costs almost nothing. Trevor Steffen, in terms of what he can do for you, costs almost nothing compared to what is out there on the market. There's no reason to give up on these guys because of, you know, a couple of bad outings. And yes, they've been kind of, you know, each guy has had their, their hiccups all year. Overall, you know, you have to come back with, yeah. with a lot of these guys next year. Yeah. Ninth worst since July 1st, to give you that second half data you asked for. Uh, middle of the pack in FIP, though. So, again, 15th, literally middle of the pack. So, even when they're bad, they're just middle of the pack bad. And their war is actually, you know, again, they're tied for 17th. So, the bullpen has struggled more in the second half. But they are, when we say they have struggled, we're saying they've struggled to middle of the pack. And they were no longer an elite bullpen, right? And be honest, uh, Michael Kelly and Daniel Norris both warmed up. I think Michael Kelly pitched in the series, but Daniel Norris and Michael Kelly both uh, at least warmed up during the series. I don't know how many people remember that those two guys are still on this roster. Like <laughs> Daniel Norris is still here. He didn't pitch the series, but he's still there. Michael Kelly did pitch in the series. He probably shouldn't have, but he's still here. Um, that's That's bizarre, but that also tells you like, that's why a certain reliever is not back up. Those two guys are still hanging out there as like, you know, break in case of break glass in case of emergency relievers. And they don't have one guy they nice needed they a year ago. They haven't needed him. Remember how many times we're like, there's no one left in the pen that, that we're in that situation where uh, of late, the pen's been a little more reliable. Uh, Trevor Steffen took care of business. Yes. He probably got a gift strike against Springer, but you know, he, they, he took care of business. They won that game. Uh, he has looked better. Class A was, was great in the ninth. And then like Class A's last three outings were unlucky, bad defense. And he still saved two out of three of those. And he is, mm-hmm. I believe back to the save leader. Uh, yeah. So I think the bullpen is it's gone from great to Mediocre. mid. And I think we know who the keepers are and who they aren't. And listen, I'll let something slip that, you know, that I think they had talks with maybe trading a lesser piece of the bullpen. I'm not going to say anything beyond that, but I think I can safely say that we heard that there were talks of trading one of the, the smaller pieces and they might revisit that this off season. Um, you know, they're not looking to move class A, they're not looking to move Stefan, but I think there is always the possibility to trade a lesser arm, especially because you know, they drafted Andrew Walters who could pitch for this team next year out of the bullpen. Franco Alamon is going to be a top 20 prospect. I know he didn't make MLB's list, but that's just an oversight. Like he is the best reliever in system. There's going to be guys who are ready to step up. I'm not, I'm not too worried overall, but bullpens are volatile year to year. And it's yes. just you know, a reminder that when relievers go through hiccups, that it takes a while to come out of it sometimes. And, you know, everybody's kind of had yeah. their chances. Speaking of guys who haven't been here, we failed to mention yesterday's episode that Cal Quantrill made a rehab start for Columbus and it did not go well. He gave up, uh, I think six hits, and a couple of runs and inning in the third. And you know, he threw 93, 94. I think he hit 95. Velocity, you know, doesn't always tell you where a guy is sometimes, but because I think he was still throwing that hard, even though he was hurt. I don't really know what to make of, of Cal Quantrill right now. And if he comes back, I mean, it's hard to say. I, I'd imagine they'll probably still want him back for 2024, but it, coming back this year, I don't know. It's going to be hard to say. And Joey Cantillo also had a good start on uh, Thursday evening, too. We were talking about guys who might get 
you know, some starts down the stretch or maybe an appearance in September. You know, we're not sure if Bieber or McKenzie will come back. They're still playing catch at this point. Joey Cantillo, seven strikeouts in five and a third innings, one walk. He's got three walks in his last two starts combined, and he's only he's walked three or less in his last four starts each. So uh, he was throwing 98 in his previous start. He was up to 96 this past start. I would like to see Joey Cantillo get, make his major league debut before the end of the year as well. No, it'd be nice. He had a good game. Hopefully my internet's working right now. Uh, another good game for La Vestita. The one thing I'll say about Quantrell to watch is he did make $5.5 in arbitration. So we are entering a point with him where he is kind of, there isn't a small chance he could be DFA'd just because of what he will cost. Yeah, I mean, I guess I I would imagine the McKenzie and Bieber's health will, will probably yes. determine if they're willing to pay Quantrill to come back next year. Because if one of those guys needs surgery, you almost have to pay Quantrill to come back for hoping he's healthy. That's and also why you need Cantillo of... to get some reps, right? So maybe you can have a fourth rookie next year, and then you don't. So that all goes together. Yeah. That's uh, it for the week. Uh, Guardians, yeah. if you want to know the matchups for the week, Guardians in Tampa Bay, you got Curry and Savali Friday. Gavin Williams and uh, the the journeyman known as TBD on Saturday for Tampa because they don't have Shane McClanahan anymore. Looks like he's out for the year. Talk about bad pitching luck. They have had some terrible health luck in Tampa Bay. Uh, then Sunday, Tanner Bybee gets to follow up his last start um, against Zach Eflin. So should be a good series. And we'll have it covered. Like I said, I promised a bonus episode, so I'll try to get that out Saturday. Some draft stuff and giving all of the players who've been recently let go their due. I want to thank you all for being a part of the Lockdown Guardians team. Oh, I, I know we have some people who gave us positive iTunes reviews when I was on vacation. So I will also cover those in the bonus episode. But I want to thank you to all of our everydayers out there commenting, being a part, downloading our numbers, or staying good, even as this team struggles. And we appreciate that. Thank you. And go, go, Guardians, go.